It's that time of week again. Hello and welcome to Off Air. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Rubin. Our other host, Nick Stewart, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Each week, Nick and I pull apart the top three stories of the week, according to me. And they're a complete surprise to him. But I tell you what the stories are in advance because I'm a really lovely guy. Um, uh, This week, we're going to be talking about Google being in an all-out brawl with the Australian media. Things are getting really crazy online. Chappelle Corby has signed up to a new SAS reality show and how you can win a baby on Instagram. Those are our stories this week. We've also got a Facebook page that we would love for you to be a part of. Search off air on Facebook and you can join the discussion throughout the week. But right now, let's get into our latest news, pop and sport. It's off air. Tim, Nick, yeah, you with Nick, Nick and Tim, it's real talk, yeah. hey, it's real walks, this ain't gossip, it's just what we say when we're all here, it's real talk, it's real talk, just two opinions, we spit what we say, we all here, it's real talk, it's true talk. It's two opinions, we spit what we say yeah, when we off air, baby. Gets me every time. I do a little dance. Nick Stewart, hello, my friend. How are you from Queensland? Very well. Uh, how is uh, one third of lockdown going for you down in Victoria, mate? Oh, boy. It's, um, it's happening. It's definitely happening. And we're in the thick of it now, aren't we? Although, um, exciting stuff, because did you see in the news that... Um, uh, Cambridge has figured out some type of vaccine and Australia is already buying it. Is this Cambridge or Oxford? I, 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 I have seen this loosely and we've already spent 25 million on it or something like that or bought 25 million vaccines. I mean, this is a very, very well thought out podcast start, Tim. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked that. Well, that's, this is what I'm thinking about today, Nick, because I'm in lockdown and so I see a little glimmer of light that doesn't have Putin's bloody name on it like, he, like it did last week. And I'm thinking that it could be real. So yeah, look, lockdown is lockdown is lockdown. Um, but I'm very excited about this in the news. Question without notice, and I could be stomping on something we're talking about. As always, I'm right. not prepared for this. But are we going to be covering the mandatory side of things with the prime minister saying that it's mandatory as one of the topics in today's podcast? Yes. No, we're not. That's not one of our three topics. Let's do so- it quickly. Let's go. Let's let's. I'm feeling playful. Let's do a quick topic on the fly. What okay. do you think of the mandatory side of the vaccine? Um, yeah, make it mandatory. Make it, uh, There are a bunch of um, vaccines that are mandatory for babies. I don't see why it's any different. It's going to get the world back on track. Mandatory vaccines, yes, please sign me up. But what, what about think? the microchips? What about what about the fact that Bill Gates is taking over the world? What what kind of world are you creating for your kids when they're going to be able to be tracked everywhere? When this is both a violation of human rights and doesn't exist within human rights? It's incredible stuff, Tim. Uh, no, look, well, like, in general, I'm 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 never very pro mandatory things from a governing body, but mm-hmm. there seems to be an overwhelming amount of dickheads in Australia at the moment. So I'm I'm I uh, part of me does err on the side of like just do it. Just just do it. Make it mandatory. Let's just get this through the system so that we can all move on. I'm actually more excited for when these mandatory vaccines are rolling out because the topics are going to be great that week. <laughs> like, we already, like we already got to do Bunnings Karen. Think how nuts the videos are going to be when they're filming themselves trying to not get an injection. Can I just say, and again, I'm totally derailing this episode, but it's 16 Please. and we're, we're just freewheeling here. This might be the end of season one. We don't know. Uh, I actually spoke with one of the two Bunnings Karens yesterday. Shut up. I'm not even kidding you. you? Uh, The name is Lizzie Rose. 
Uh, she's also famous for putting uh, or allegedly putting a hex on Dan Andrews. And since uh, actually about 24 hours before we spoke with her, because she publicized it, I started receiving death threats uh, from people saying, how dare you uh, give this woman airtime, blah, 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 which is fair enough. And then we brought yep. her on. She was an idiot. I was a bit rude to her. And then I've all- I can't I, imagine. Never. I can't imagine either of those things. Never. And now, <laughs> since then, I've been getting death threats from both sides with one side accusing me of being a weird lefty that's trying to shut down her conspiracy theories. And then the other side who are annoyed at me. So I've just, it's a lose-lose. Never speak to these idiots. That's my thats my words of wisdom. Why is death threats the go-to response? I know. Because I've had my fair share of these things. Why do people, like, like, mate, you're not going to kill somebody over this. No. You're just not going to kill a breakfast radio host over an interview that they do at 7.45 on a Tuesday morning. Stop putting it out there. It's only going to backfire when it doesn't happen. Exactly <laughs> right. And the other thing is I love how they immediately go to like um, Dark Ages style insults. For shame. The very, <laughs> the very ass of you and like stuff like that. Like it is disgusting. No, like watching a, watching a dog eat its own poo is disgusting. Talking to another human being on the radio is not disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I have different views than you do when it comes to putting the spotlight on different people. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think that anybody should be getting death threats over who they choose to talk to on their radio show. Um, hey, Nick, I want to put the spotlight on somebody this um, for today. Uh, somebody who had an interesting relationship with Off Air this week and they wrote through. I want to give a shout out. You'll like this story. Hannah who lives in Melbourne, was going for a walk, got stopped by police officers. And they said, how long have you been out of your house? And she said, have a look. I started this podcast when I left. I am now 37 minutes in. Nick, we got Hannah out of her, I don't know how lo- how big the fine is, but we, we helped her prove her innocence. This is fantastic. Groundbreaking stuff. Maybe this is what we got. Uh, hey, Hannah. If you are listening to this episode, congratulations on making it through 37 minutes because I can barely chew through two and a half <laughs> at max. Uh, but I'm glad we can be used as a time marker to avoid fines. That's that's excellent news. I, I, I feel I like could this be should be new. the end of season one. Could be a new... Why do you keep bringing up the end of season one? I don't think this is something that we've discussed. Well, because, but- because when you put these little things up on the internet, it asks you what season it is. I just want to go to season two. I, I feel like you can you can chop and change your seasons whenever you want. Nick, I, I, stop talking about the seasons. Give me a Nick pick for the week. This is your our recommendations. Um, what's your recommendation for this week for everybody? So... You've got to get involved in this quickly, but if you are an aspiring independent artist in this country, uh, one of the biggest musicians in the world at the moment, she also happens to be from uh, the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, Tones and I has a new competition uh, going on. It's uh, You can go to an Instagram page. It's called That One Song with an extra G on the end. I'm assuming that mm. that, that one song was taken. Uh, and you can submit music to that Instagram page. She's going to be choosing uh, an artist Thursday. So today, the Wednesday that we record on, the day after at 5 p.m. She'll be choosing uh, an artist. They'll receive, I believe it's $10,000 to put towards studio time plus meetings with the head of Sony and also Mushroom Records. Uh, It's an amazing thing. A bunch of other artists have gotten behind this. Uh, Amy Shark, 
a lot of independent Australian artists who made their break through one song. Like obviously Amy Shark had yeah, a door right. and Tones and I had a uh, dance monkey and they've said, you know, it's a, it's a hard time for artists out there, but it's also a fantastic time to get in the face of record labels because they're not doing anything. So they are yeah. sitting around looking for talent. So get involved in that, that one song extra G on the end on Instagram. Timbo, what's yours? Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. And also, I think even if you're not uh, an artist who could potentially enter at the very last minute into Tones and I's song competition, cool thing to keep an eye out for and watch because I feel like somebody really interesting will probably get launched out of this. Oh, well. there could be. Well, actually, that's the other side to it. Good point because there could be a few people. I think she's going to put up 20 of the artists on that page and she's also going to yeah. create a playlist uh, on Spotify which about she has about 35 million people uh, that are assigned to her Spotify account. She's had nearly over 2 billion streams. So it, this could most be- Most streamed. A, I think she's the most streamed um, female artist. It wouldn't surprise me. So this yeah, could be a huge platform. And it's, and it's sort of uh, artists taking the power back off record labels, which I'm always for. Yeah, interesting. Okay, that one song, Tones and I's song competition. Yeah. Um, I'm going to check that one out. Thanks for that, Nick Pick. My Nick Pick for the week is I'm doing something a little bit different for my first lockdown. I was basically just eating cheese and drinking wine and I was like, screw it, I'm just going to hibernate through this. And now that we're doing it a second time, I've said I am going to try and be a little bit healthier. This is a part of my regular life. I obviously can't go to the go to the gym but um ellie and i have found this app that we're really getting into and it's called kick um and i wish that this was sponsored because i would love if they wanted to pay me or something but mm. i we genuinely just like this app it's called kick and it's spelled k-i-c and it's a workout app and it's much better than because we tried the chris hemsworth app and i hated it what was that it was one called again i can't even... center yes yeah. Center and it's really badly made. It was very, very cheaply made. I think they spent all their money getting Chris Hemsworth to endorse it. But this one is made by a couple of local Melbourne girls. Um, and it's a little bit female skewed. So there's a lot of like, come on, girls. But if you're willing <laughs> to hold an hold an extra kettlebell when you do some of the exercises, if you want to make them kind of more top heavy or whatever, then you can. So we've been doing that either once or twice a day. Nick, I'm going to get a sweet ISO bod by the end of this. Booties are That's in too, point. Tim. Don't don't move away from the squats. Everyone's here for the. I do f45, which is also very much just based around giving you an ass and like a yeah. little bit of V to the top, uh, and I yeah. love it. Bring on, the, bring on the butt. That's what I say. Well, you want to know what's good about doing squats and lunges and, and that stuff as well in terms of burning fat. Um, and this is why those exercises are so heavily incorporated in a lot of those high-intensity workouts. If you think about the size of your glute or the size of your quad, it's very, very big compared to maybe the size of your bicep. Yeah, it's the biggest so muscle you, in the body, I think. Yeah. So when you do an exercise like a squat that activates glutes and quads – you are using such massive muscles, they burn up a lot of energy and so you burn more fat. Oh. So that's why you use a lot of those exercises. Look at you. So that, Look at this. Look at the content. My God. Incredible stuff. Tim, start your own app. Should we get started? Let's do it. Story number one. Google is in a brawl with the ACCC and things are getting downright nasty. Um, so this is quite complex, but we'll go through it in a nutshell. So the ACCC, which is uh, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, they have put together a plan that asks Google to start paying 
news companies to share their news because the companies are essentially creating content that Google is then allowed to share. Google has said that they don't want to pay these news groups and instead have launched what I would call a smear campaign against the ACCC and against the plan. Now, I know that this all sounds a little bit heady, but if you have been on Google or on YouTube in the last couple of days, you've probably, you you might have noticed there's actually like a little yellow alert that's popping up on those homepages in Australia right now. And if you click on it, there is an open letter from Google to the Australian public saying basically that the ACCC are trying to screw them over, are trying to break Google and are trying to ruin your rights to use their free services. It's getting really, really nasty, which is really funny. It's not something that you normally see from such big organizations in the public eye. Have you seen this, Nick? Have you seen the little um, orange alert popping up? Yes, I have. I've read the letter. I should probably disclose that I work for a company uh, that would benefit from these changes at the start of Uh this. But at the same time, everything Google, like nearly 80%, of the stuff that is in that letter is complete bullshit. And yeah. the ACCC will most likely take legal action against them, which is just unheard of. But the but the strangest thing about this story is Google have positioned themselves as, as if they're this poor little home run company that is being yeah. stomped on by the big media moguls. And that is just so far from the, the from the reality of this situation that it's unbelievable. Uh, and and the reality of this situation is uh, Google do employ people in Australia, but so do all the other major media companies. And a lot of people forget that a lot of the time is that these major media companies employ tens of thousands of people across the country. And, and these are jobs that are being hurt by the fact that Google is farming this content. And Google should pay. To, to, if they are making advertising money off farming this content, then they should be paying those companies so that there are benefits paid in Australia. But ultimately, Google is a multi-billion dollar company uh, that doesn't pay any, if not very much tax in Australia. And they've been getting a free run for a long time. And they're also completely outside of a lot of the media laws that exist in Australia because those laws are quite outdated and only exist for print uh, print radio and television. So mm. it's 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 frustrating for me that Google have tried to play the poor little us card and and I find it very surprising. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, so I press start on a timer when we start each topic um, just so that I know how long we're talking for. And Nick, it took 47 seconds before I completely disagreed with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what's your thoughts? Okay, so I agree with everything that you said about the fact that Google, um, so basically Google posted this open letter and everything in the, in the open letter is total bullshit. So in it, they talk about how um, if they have to pay, that's going to damage Google and it's going to damage your rights and it's going to damage your data protection. Literally none of, that is, none of that is backed up in any way. And the ACCC has actually also uh, published an open letter and they have um, addressed those things one by one. So firstly, I'm not on Google's side when it comes to their accusations of the ACCC. Um, and I also agree with you. It's very interesting how Google has said, oh, we're the poor little guy and like we're getting bullied by the government. Um, the thing that I don't agree with you is the news corporations create these stories which do get farmed out by Google and that adds to Google's overall value. 
But that's the same for literally every single industry. So if you're a plumber and you list yourself and you pay for um, advertising on Google or, or you make yourself visible to Google, you are also adding to Google's value. Literally every single industry that exists adds to Google's overall value. And the fact that the news think that they're for some reason different and special and they deserve to be paid for having their content be not even not even appear in full on Google, but just appear as a search result. Like how up their own ass do they have to be to think that they need to be paid for this when all Google's doing is diverting people's clicks from the Google page onto the channel whatever page or onto these news websites. Like why do the news organizations think that that service is costing them anything? Do you understand that? I do, but I actually think that that analogy is incorrect because a plumber gains value from Google promoting their stuff. So that's why they pay advertising. So they gain a service from that. Whereas a news source, the service is laid out. So they're providing the service up front and then Google is directly benefiting. So there's no, it's not a symbiotic relationship. The news, if because the way traditional media works in Australia, People would, if people didn't go to Google for news, people would be going to the Channel Nine website or the news.com.au website. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's it is a little but bit the, different and a bit more intricate to Google, that. But the Google website only acts as like an intermediate position holder that then takes you to. And I don't want to make this about any news organization in particular, but I mean, news.com is a is a very mainstream yeah. news source. So, like if I still end up on news.com.au. So it doesn't make any difference if I start my search on Google and then news.com still gets my click. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but Google are benefiting from being the initial start point. That's the bigger issue. And the other thing is it's just about trying to get some money back into Australia, which they should. I don't think it's about the news services being uppity. I think it's about the fact they've been raped by Google. And, And Google has been benefiting from promoting their uh, authentic news. And if they chose to take their news services away from Google, which I don't even know that you can do, to be honest, uh, Google would just be promoting a bunch of uh, independent news sources, which aren't always as as reliable as mainstream media, as much as people don't want to believe that. Everyone thinks mainstream media is this weird organization. I've worked in mainstream media. You've worked mm. in mainstream media. We have a lot of friends that have worked and work in news services. There is no uh, overarching uh, you know, there is there is no agenda at, at hand. I think that's worth pointing out. So no. mainstream news sources are pretty good because those people have had tertiary education to try to find the news. Yeah, and, and because they have, and they're paid to do it. So exactly. they have a job and so they are able to spend time and resources doing it as compared to if it's just Joe Bloggs on the street who happens to see something out of his front window, he's maybe not going to be able to capture or articulate that as well because he just doesn't have the time and he doesn't have the training to do it. But even legally, I, he might not be able to. Right, right. I agree with you. I think that news is super important. I think that it's very important for a functioning democracy Um, for people to be able to be informed. And I think that it's important that uh, Australia still has some journalistic integrity. And I think that the funding of that is vital. But I don't think that the funding needs to come from Google because Google doesn't have anything to do with it. All that Google's doing is saying, like, if I search, so so for example, we spoke about the vaccines earlier. Mm. Um, 
I jumped into Google, I searched vaccine Australia, all the different news sites came up and then I chose which one I thought was going to be the most accessible to me and, and which one was the newest. So let's say that is an ABC story that saves me going onto the ABC website, onto the news.com, onto da, 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 da. And it means that it takes me directly to one of the news services. So ABC wins. So you're saying that day. Google shouldn't be penalized for being good at what they do. No. And and there are so many other search, uh, like there's Bing, there's Yahoo, there's all these other ones that have been left in the wake of Google <laughs> that are doing the exact same thing. So if it's literally just, this is the service that you're doing, you're compiling the news, so you should be paying. Well, then they should be asking for that money from all of the different search engines. Are they not? My under- no, well, this, they're not. This no, they're, will... they're only going to Google. Hmm. Well, look, that's interesting. I think that anything that's going to ensure that some money stays in Australia, because again, just want to point out, they don't pay very much tax here, if any, uh, and they're a yes. billion dollar company. I think any More. way we can trillion. try to trillion dollar company to yeah, yeah. 2.4 trillion or something that we, that they, that anything that is going to try to somehow uh, keep money in our country is probably a positive thing and keep people in jobs is probably a positive thing. So this is where I actually agree with you. So uh, the stuff that you were saying about Google uh, being a huge company and Google not paying tax, I think this is where the problem truly lies. And I think that we're misguided if we're hoping that Google, almost in like a capitalistic way, is just going to pay people individually who could potentially be benefiting from more money. Mm. Um, Like the fact is, like you said, so Google is a big company. Google is a a trillion dollar company. It's the fourth um, tech trillion dollar company to ever exist. and I was having a look at some of their stats. They collected $4.8 billion, $4.8 billion with a B, in revenue from Australia last year. Um, and they paid uh, $100 million in tax, which sounds like a huge amount, but that's only 2%. Yeah. Whereas your average corporate tax when you're earning large amounts of money is closer to 30%. So they should be paying one4 but even to, so a lot of the reason that giant companies get ca- tax cuts or incentivized to be here is because we feel it's necessary. But why is Google fucking necessary? As you said, there's Bing, there's a bunch of other things. Why are we being hamstrung by a multinational corporation? Yeah, well, that's a good point. But we can't get rid of them because it's the internet. That's the thing. Well, like, what China do- did. <laughs> unless, unless, we do, unless we do a China. So this is the interesting question. And even if we were to say, all right, see you later, Google, like being, like, they're, they're all the same. So we're living in the tech world now where yeah. international borders don't necessarily work in the same way. No, but it does, but it does annoy me that they try to say they're the little guys. I think that yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a weird, unnecessary, misleading argument. And when you start at that point, uh, you got to question everything they say now. Yeah. Well, I agree. And I think it's very interesting that they're kind of trying to smear the ACCC and do this like poor us and even using their own platform like I've literally exactly. never seen. Yeah, You think of, of Google as um, being a somewhat objective online presence. Um, you know, you can search whatever you want and you're going to find if you want to search anti-vax, pro-vax, whatever political party, you feel as if as a search function it is objective it's the eye in the sky 
And now all of a sudden it's not. It's anti-ACCC, which is fucking weird. Yeah, it's really odd. It's a really odd fight. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops. Story number two. Convicted drug smuggler Chappelle Corby will be starring in a new reality show called SAS Australia. (laughs) So... Channel 7 is launching a brand new show. It's called SAS Australia. Basically, they get B-list celebrities like Roxy Jasenko. They've got Merrick Watts, who is a great guy. Um, They've got the Honey Badger. And they're going to put them through some SAS-style training to see whether or not they can hack it. Originally, it's actually a British show um, that, that does the same thing. So it's a really interesting concept. But we're seeing it come to Australia with Chappelle Corby smack bang right on the front cover. Um, Nick, I know that the SAS does a lot of covert border crossings. I'm guessing Chappelle is not going to be particularly good at that. (laughs) But should we be putting a drug smuggler on a pedestal on a reality show? Uh, Look, I cannot wait for this show to come out. Can I just say I'm so excited. I've I've watched the British version of this show and Mm -hmm. it is- It's cool. It's no bullshit. Like no. it's it's not married at first sight. I would say it's more. Well, you're you, Tim Rubin. You are a massive Survivor fan. I would say yeah. this show is, if if not slightly more physically exerting. Like it's on par with Survivor. It's really intense. Um, so I am so pumped to see these people go through those obstacles, and I do think it'll be really interesting because this is. Look, long story short, I sort of I I, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit pro Chappelle Corby. Because she definitely really? didn't, she's not cocaine Cassie, like Cassie Sainsbury. Mm-hmm. She didn't come back and try to cash in. She actually, and and at no point during the time when she was in Karabakan in Bali, did she try to, she doesn't want to live in the public eye. Like the only reason she was ever in the public eye is because she got caught. If she got away with it, she ne- like Chappelle Corby's never tried to be famous. Her family might have. She released a song. She released a song last year. Did she? Yes. Chappelle Corby is relentlessly trying to be famous what since returning song? to Australia. But why did Oh, cuz she couldn't earn money from the interviews. I don't think That's she can right. do anything. Yeah, I, she can't uh, she can't directly benefit from her crime uh, financially in Australian media laws. That's true actually. Um Is that a thing? Tell just to, Well, just she couldn't for a brief period. I know that there was at least a 12-month period after she was released and that's sort of why she was entirely in hiding when she first came back from Bali because for the first at least 12 months she wasn't allowed to financially benefit because of crimes committed. So news sources couldn't pay her for interviews or things like that. But there was a whole soap opera around it, and then she had an Instagram page. I'm here for this show. I don't, I, I don't care. Whatever. She did her time, like, and she did her time way harder than she would have in Australia. And when she did that, when she committed that crime, it was a, a really there's bizarre extenuating circumstances around that crime. Like, it, who smuggles marijuana from Australia to Bali? And, you know, there's a lot of odd questions about the whole thing. Like, I don't think it was planted, but I think that she may have been a, um, uh, what would you say, a sacrificial lamb for maybe some other drugs to get through probably. So, I don't know anything about this, by the way. I, I don't know what the weed market is like in Bali. Is there a, like, is that not a thing? Well, it's, it, if- it's a thing, but I would assume there's no, like, and this was, this is all fairly uh, talked about stuff when it all happened, you know, over a decade ago. But there's no financial gain to smuggling marijuana from Australia to Bali. Just like like there's no gain from – like we don't import – you know, the economy in Bali is so much weaker than Australia. 
You're not going to mm. make money, in, but it's not uh, hot tip. If you go to Bali, there's not Australian furniture shops, whereas everywhere in Australia, there's Balinese furniture shops because it's it, it's easy to buy cheap shit there and bring it here, whereas yeah, it's right. not the same. So it was a weird crime to commit. There's a lot, like there's a million stories going around the Gold Coast uh, involving bikies and stuff like that, and all alleged. Um, and uh, you know. This will be a really fun show. And I actually, I was really, I was like, this is a pretty, for a reality TV show, it's a pretty good cast, especially seeing as now most reality TV shows are just recycled reality TV people. Yeah, which is so boring. So it is interesting. Like, I think it'll be great to see Merrick. Um, the, the Honey Badger, I think, will probably be pretty good at it. I hope that they stick to, I've only seen snippets of the British version, but in the British version, they go very hard. Yeah, like, like interrogating like and mentally breaking them down. Yeah. And so on one hand, I think, well, it would actually be really interesting to see how strong Chappelle Corby will be because of how much she has been through. So I think that it's a very, very clever marketing hook. Mm. But at the same time, if there is that law that uh, if there's that media law saying that she can't profit from her crimes committed, that's a hundred percent what's going on here. And even though it's not directly, even though it's, it's not an inter- a tell all interview about the boogie board bag, she is only going on this show because she's well known because she was a drug smuggler. So should we be a uh, rewarding her for, for her backstory? And, and secondly, if she does well on this show, like let's say she wins this show. Hmm. I don't know if there's a winner on this show. Let's say she wins this show. Is she the idol that we want for young girls who are going to be watching this show going, wow, I want to be strong when I grow up like Chappelle Corby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean, but have you seen the like, current idols we've got? Like, I think that the most important thing any parent can do, and again, we're not parents, is definitely try to keep their children from idolizing anyone involved in any sort of reality TV program. Like this is just, this is, I hate reality TV and I've made that very clear. My stance on reality TV is that I hate it on multiple levels and I hate it for what it's done to the Australian film and screen industry as well, because it's the cheapest possible TV you can make. Like it's Mm. so easy to make. And, and let's go peek behind the curtain here. Within media, there is something called integration. And it's where you can integrate clients into TV shows. And there is no easier way to do that than in reality television. Like if you go to the block, and I, I don't know the exact brands, but you know they're using X tools and they go to the Bunnings shop and they go to the Freedom Furniture thing. That's all yeah. paid for by those companies to get those mentions. So, so is- you basically, it's advertising within the show. So now we're not just watching ads in the ads. We're watching ads in the show. Exactly. And then on top of that, you're not paying actors. Like most of these guys are getting 50 bucks a day. I, I dare yeah. say if Chappelle Corby would, uh, all the people on that show would have paid, been paid pretty handsomely to be part of it. Yeah. But reality TV is the ultimate like gutter of society. It's like our sort of, uh, our really violent, Caligula gladiatorial period is we're just watching these idiots that are pumped up on silicon and vodka Red Bulls yelling at each other. Which is basically The Bachelor, the first episode, which I was so close to putting in this week. But <laughs> anyway, Zoe Claire, if you saw it, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I still just worry. I mean, I know that you have that perspective on, on reality TV, but not everybody does. And so if this show is going to be on in the background and we don't have details yet about when this show is going to be coming out or when it's going to be airing, we just know that it's in the works with Channel 7. 
if this show is coming out and it's your seven o'clock, seven thirty show on Channel Seven, and families across Australia are going to be having it on in the background while they're sitting down to dinner, and a lot of these people that we've spoken about, like I don't think particularly highly of Roxy Jasenko or the Honey Badger, for example, because the Honey Badger, like you know, he was kind of a dickhead on his season of The Bachelor. But Chappelle Corby is like a whole other level of bad example. So, you you know, you're paying out these uh, pumped up, testosterone-filled Batchy Love Island contestants. They're not convicted drug smugglers. So there is a line that we are crossing where we're now taking people out of jail and putting them on shows for our entertainment. Yeah. Do you think that are, are we crossing a line here? Have we gone too far? I don't know. Uh, look at Home Improvement, one of the biggest sitcoms of the nineties, and Tim Allen was a convicted cocaine smuggler. <laughs> he was. I'm not even making that up. You can Google. No, that. he was. Yeah, no, not a lot of people know, but that's a legit thing. Marky Mark Wahlberg's been uh, like, uh, I don't know if he was a hundred percent. He's definitely been arrested for like racially, like literally racially abusing people when he really? was a teenager. So, Mark, yeah, I hate to shatter the reality here, bro, but there's horrible people everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> God, maybe that should be the tagline of this podcast. <laughs> Off air. There's horrible, spoiler alert, there's horrible people everywhere. I know. Okay, well, you're for it. Look, I mean, as much as I say that I don't think that she should be given the pedestal, I'm interested to see how she goes. You're going to watch it. It's so up your alley. I'm interested. It's really up my alley, yeah. I hope they don't water it down because we have a habit of doing that. Like Australian Survivor at first was really watered down compared to the American version. And we've just seen that happen with a number of shows. They get bought and brought here. Mm. So... Yeah, I hope they, I mean, I don't want to see people get hurt, but I want to see them go through some real stuff. One of, one of my um, closest friends is in the Special Forces and some of the stories that I hear about the real training that they oh, go God. through is insane. So yeah, I want to see how Chappelle Corby goes doing that stuff. Absolutely. Story number three. Lesbian influencers spark outrage after giving away sperm in an Instagram competition. <laughs> Have I caught you off guard with one story at least this week? Oh, I, feel yeah, like I have this no week. idea about this. I'm so excited. Let me give it to you, Nick. Ali and Sam are Canadian influencers. They are two women. They're a couple. They have 210,000 followers on Instagram together. And uh, in the last couple of days, they've put up a post saying that they are running a giveaway. All you have to do is like, comment, tag, and share to be in the running to win a vial of sperm from their local sperm bank. They've said that it's very difficult for same-sex couples to afford IVF and that they are, you know, doing something good and helping people. Uh, the sperm is valued at between $500 and $1,000 from this. It's quite an upmarket sperm bank. However, some people are saying that we shouldn't be giving away babies like they're two-for-one Domino's deals. Nick, <laughs> I mean... What do you do with help? it? Are we, is it a turkey-based situation or are you meant to take it to... Like, I'm not very uh, up with the IVF uh, process. Yep. But I would- okay, so so the sperm bank itself, I think, is connected with, with an IVF clinic, I would assume. And so you can go there to get all of your baby needs sorted. And a part of that, it's like if I said, 
um, hey, here's a voucher for a, for a free Sunday at McDonald's. You're not going to just get the Sunday. You're going to get a meal, but the Sunday's free now. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because to me, I would 100% do this on the radio, whereas I feel like you would wow. be on the other side of the you would be on wow. the other side of this. Well, I would have to think about it. I mean, uh, as the name of our podcast suggests, I'm now off air, mm. um, so I'm not doing I'm not doing radio anymore. But if I was, oh man, I think I would do something like it on air. But I don't think that I would make it a random draw of like comment share. Yeah, you would set it I up think- so that it is the best, the best possible candidate is receiving this. Yeah. So um, in media, we basically have two different types of competitions and they basically fall into game of chance and game of skill. Mm. And so game of chance is whenever you see one of these like, comment, share, or, or, or put your email address in, anything like that, that's that's a game of chance. Yeah. And you basically just get assigned a number and then a random number generator is going to pull a name out. And it genuinely, and so- I think it's worth pointing out, it genuinely is random. Like, uh, cause yeah, a lot really of people, I think a lot of people I think go, oh, you know, are they hooking their friends up or stuff? It, it's really, really heavily policed. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, you have game of skill where you have to actually do something and then you are selected. Um, and that's a more complex thing. And I think the fact that this is, so that would be an example of that might be like in 50 words or less or. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the shortest version of it or, yeah. you know, come into the station and we'll do this competition or whatever. It and is. you're judged against random criteria and, and, yeah. and it all has to be publicized. If you're ever concerned about competitions that you're entering, you can always, if there aren't T's and C's, be very skeptical. If there's no terms and conditions, in Australia, any competition that happens legally should have to have terms and conditions. So I think the fact that this is a game of chance is what is bugging people. If you were to do this on the radio, would you do game of chance or game of skill? No, I'd go game of skill. I definitely, because then you get the feel good content as well. So it's surprising. And they're probably just, it's it's probably just because they don't have a lot of media experience. They're they're, they're from an influencer background, but you you would want to... Hey, can I just say, look, from a moral standpoint, I know that ethically over in America, there's a lot of different things around inception or conception or all of that mm. crap. But they're Canadian, just just oh yeah, can, yeah, okay, yeah sorry, but Canadian. But um, look, I have no ethical issues with this as a competition. I actually think it, it 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 it's got shock value, but then it's actually got a really lovely undercurrent of trying to uh, help people achieve something. But uh, I would definitely go game of skill because then you get to hear the really heartfelt stories that are involved in the process and, you know, Sally and blah, blah, blah. And we've been trying for 10 years and mm. we didn't know whether to go to random people and all this stuff. I think as soon as you move it to a game of skill, it becomes a totally different conversation. Mm. But the fact that it's a game of chance, we are literally giving away a baby in a lottery. And I think that that is a very interesting conversation to be had because firstly, um, potentially there are going to be people who I don't know how much uh, the other components of this IVF might be, but they might, they might like comment share without really looking into those things and win. And, and now you're making a baby, like now you're, you've almost been pressured into creating human life off the back of a competition. Well, technically you just get a vial of sperm, don't you? I mean, it's your choice, whatever you want to do with it. I don't think you actually get to go to the shop and, they had you a vial of well, that's sperm. That's false advertising. I assumed it was mailed out at first. I was like, how do they keep it? Because I think the shelf life of sperm is only like a, 
like not very long. Um, so it was, I mean, it was, there was a lot of questions. I've got to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I but think I mean, it isn't, but it, aren't we just giving away babies through random acts of chance every, like, doesn't that happen literally every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday night, depending on how lucky you are? Like yeah. every time you have the only a hundred percent method of contraception is not having sex when she's on top. What? <laughs> because of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like there's the yeah. we're, we're we're all randomly potentially giving away babies left, right, and center. Yeah, but something happens when we start getting involved in that process. When Instagram is involved in that process, Nick, something else is going on. You Do just, you know what I mean? You're just skeptical of the we're, influences. We're giving away a baby for a competition and for likes. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's tacky as it's tacky as anything. But there's so many. Ta- we were just talking about a convicted drug smuggler going on reality television. Like, the, unfortunately, the world we live in now is very, very tacky, and it's basically a race to the bottom. It's whoever can say the most sensational thing is going to get the headlines. Like, for these guys, they've made international news. I never knew who. What, Lisa and Sarah? What's their names? Ali and, Ali and Sam. Yeah, yeah I never no, knew I don't, who. I don't even know who they are. I, no. I read the story. I don't know who they are. Yeah. So, like, it's it, it, it just highlights, again, what is getting news in the world at the moment. And, unfortunately, it's it's whatever can shock us the most. Yeah. Yeah. I had a thought when I was reading this and I think what's I think what's upsetting to me about this is that we made some bad decisions a while ago and now we're getting to a point where those decisions are being rubbed in our face a little bit and <laughs> by dickheads <laughs> yeah yeah so I was kind of thinking about it it's a little bit like have you ever been, I know you're not a massive bushwalker, but have you ever been on a bushwalk before and um, you're not entirely sure of the right path to take and you accidentally take the wrong path and at first it seems right and then as you keep on going, the bush kind of thickens and the path thins out and you realize that you've gone down the wrong road and it's not a path at all. I, can, you, I understand the analogy. You understand I, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And once you're at that point, the right thing to do is not start hacking at the bush in front of you to try and correct the situation that you are now in, but it's to look at what got you to that situation, what got you to that point, and potentially backtrack and see if you can find the right path. That's not and I think That's not how life well, works, though. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know what we could do, but I think if we look at this scenario, the reason why this story isn't terrible is because IVF is so expensive. And for same-sex couples, it's so inaccessible. I think it costs in excess of $10,000 per round of IVF. And many couples have to go through multiple rounds. You could go through four or five rounds. So now you're talking about $50,000 for same-sex couples or for couples who have difficulty um, conceiving in the first place. At, At the same time, we have this huge problem banking up with children who are put into foster care and who can't um who can't find parents the adoption process is incredibly lengthy also incredibly expensive at the moment basically we just have this really fucked system and 
these guys are offering a way out or they're offering one small prize or one small little glimmer of hope, but it's way down the wrong path. And I think what we need to do is, I'm, look, obviously this is Canada and, and Northern, um, Northern America, hmm. but I think that globally, when we start seeing competitions on Instagram to give away babies, it's probably the point <laughs> that we go, whoa, we need to relook at how all of this, um, how all of these systems work, how IVF, how accessible IVF is. Do governments need to subsidize these processes? Um, can adoption be made easier and more accessible as well? Oh, because look, I don't... That, mate, that would be lovely. But where's the money in that? Oh, I don't know. How do well, we get gotta the make, Someone's got to make money. We live in a capitalist society. Where's the government going to be subsidizing this process from? And, and how are you going to get these IVF companies on board uh, to take less money? or to, Like, it's just... I don't know, Nick. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. I just want people to have babies and I don't want them. They shouldn't have to win them off Instagram. I do see an opportunity for promotion for this podcast though, Tim. (laughs) Wait a second. Ali and Sam had to pay $500 to $1,000 for their vial of sperm. We have sperm available to us. (laughs) All we need are the vials. (laughs) (laughs) Like and subscribe. Uh, sub coming your way. Can't promise it will be scientifically protected. You're just gonna get you're gonna get a small vial of some some white liquid with some. And there are some serious backlogs with Australia Post at the moment, so there's no guarantee how long it's gonna take. To no, get exactly. Fuck. It. It'll okay. take me okay. twenty seconds, but uh, once it hits the mail, I can't guarantee anything. Stop it. Okay. Oh boy! Well, we've done it. That's this week. <laughs> End of season one. Big season. Big big season. Are we really going to do this? No, I'm just, just click- no, I'm just staring it up. I think we can. I I think we can milk end of season one for at least three months. Okay, we'll make a decision. We're going to have some conversations behind the scenes about how our seasons are going to work. If you are still listening, if you've been hanging out with us this week, then thanks for um, checking us out. Uh, We now have a Facebook page. Just search Off Air in Facebook, and uh, there's a group and a page as well. If you join the group, then that's where a lot of discussion happens. We get a lot of our ideas. So we would love for you to be involved in the conversation. Um, uh, Yeah, anything anything else we want to add? I always forget when we're wrapping things up. Do we just go? Yeah. I'm, I, I, I checked out. I'm actually reading my emails as we speak. Love you all. <laughs> Catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Off Air. Bye.